Cheers, mate. Would you like another shot? You know me. <laughs> <laughs> always, always up for another shot. You know, there was a time on this show where we had Four Pillars Gin as partners. Uh, then we had Kaiju Beer as, as partners with their tasty brews. And, and now we talk about Fireball Whiskey a lot. They're not partners, but um, you know, we've been fueled by some uh, tasty beverages, mate. And you mix that all together, shake it up, and pour ourselves a tasty cocktail of an episode. What do you say? <laughs> No? I love these intros. <laughs> like, I can tell you put so much work into them. I don't. I, I feel and, like they're getting worse. And, and they're just... Uh... <laughs> In other words, let's talk about boozy movies. Just, like really, just really trying to string that bow. <laughs> you know what? Next week, you're going to introduce yeah, the show. <laughs> what's, next week's ep- what's next week's theme? Oh, we'll talk about that a bit later. Right. It might be uh, very exciting stuff, but um, welcome to Good Movie Monday, everybody. This is the weekly podcast dedicated to those nerdy cinematic ramblings. Glenn Cochran here. Over there is Ben Helwig. It's great to be with you for another week. Let's get drunk, mate. Today we're gonna today we're gonna talk about alcohol in movies. I'm looking forward to this. Whether it's like classic films about bootlegging and moonshine, or Stupid beer chugging frat house movies, which is kind of the direction I is prefer to go in. <laughs> is that where you went? Yeah. All Animal House and. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, never a better excuse to talk about Road Trip 2 Beer Pong. <laughs> I thought he was going to talk about Beer Fest. I thought Beer Fest was going to be your film. Oh, I have a funny feeling Beer Fest will get a, cheek, oh, we'll a, get cheeky, a, a cheeky mention for sure. <laughs> definitely. It did, definitely did. I, I would have talked about it, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I was like, I just didn't have time to, to go back and watch all the movies I wanted to. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the, the Boneheads do. The Boneheads, about of, course yes. they do. of course they do. <laughs> but there's no like, there's no particular rhyme or reason for today's show. Um, in fact, I don't even know why we chose this thing. Did we like have a guest at some point that fell through? I have no idea. Okay. I don't know. Maybe this was just like, in those early days, we'll just throw shit at the wall, you know, <laughs> like yeah. see what sticks. and Like the uh, programming department at Channel 9. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, far out, man. We've got something new to talk about. Um, I created a Spotify playlist for our show. Did you see that? I didn't because I don't pay for Spotify, which means I get the ads and I don't get to listen to the songs in the order that I want to. <laughs> so I often find Spotify frustrating. Okay. Well, don't listen to our show on Spotify. Go through the Newsly app. That's where you do that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I'm all about Newsly. Yes, but people that... um that you know... I enjoy my Newsly with Newsly. <laughs> <laughs> That's our See, new, our new I can, line. <laughs> I, I could do shitty intros too. <laughs> well, for people that do have Spotify, there's a beautiful playlist there. It's almost 10 hours long and it's all the music from Good Movie Monday. Bar a few songs. There's maybe about 10 songs missing just because they didn't have them there to choose from. That's the, that is what kills me. Like I, I used to put up, and I say used to, they were they were fairly rare and in between. Yeah. But I do have a series of mixtapes that I put up on uh, Mixcloud. Yep. And then I was like, oh, this is a, it's a lot of fucking around, and <laughs> and uh, you know you have to put in all the metadata yourself mm-hmm. and stuff because you basically submit one long file. Yep. You do all the mixing yourself, and then you tell them 
at yeah, X minutes yeah. and seconds. That's where that song stops, and the next one Fuck starts. That. It's a lot of it's a lot of fucking around. I'm like, oh, I'll just do it on. Why don't I just do it on Spotify? Ninety percent of the songs I wanted to include on one of those mixes aren't on Spotify. <laughs> well, look, at least ninety percent were for this particular playlist, and it was the real rarities that we've sort of you know mined the depths of YouTube to find previously for the show. They're the ones that weren't there. But um, I was shocked at how many songs we played on this show over three years. It well, it's took two, a, at least two a show. Took a fucking long time. To, yeah. To do, uh, so it's a labor of love. It's good for road trip. Okay, how you did that. you do it? Did you actually listen to every? Yeah, I had to go back through every single episode and just skip from you know first song to last song, and, and we put it roughly at the same point in every episode. So it's kind of easy to just kind of go to here to there. But it's funny is like you know you hit play on every episode and. Then, Good movie Monday starts with you know, good morning, mm-hmm. and then I'm on I'm on the video chat with Chloe and she goes like, "Is good morning on there?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> 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 Whoops, <laughs> the, the iconic you know intro. It it is now though. I just think that if you spend any more than one, if you have to listen to more than one show in a row of us, you it's like suicide fuel. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that you're still alive. Well, well done, I mean, well done, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, what what is Simondo, one of our <coughs> number one listeners, uh, doing with his life? Because he's always saying, "I'm caught up." <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he's he disappeared for a while. <laughs> we were worried. Man. Where, yeah, he had to listen. He tried to he tried to listen to two shows in a row. It's four hours of your life. <laughs> it's true. That's a long time. <laughs> oh Jesus! Ah, uh, what other places of interest for people? Letterboxd. Letterbox. That's uh, it's where we put a list of all the movies we talk about. So from a playlist of songs to a, a playlist of titles of movies. So that's uh, that's your domain, pretty much. Sure. Except for last week when I tried to you just you do it, you do it for me. I try and do it. I do it Monday morning. Usually I do it Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not pedantic about it. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be up there the minute the no, podcast it goes. It does not. But uh, you like to you like to get in there and. Uh, no, if I'm in and, there uh, by say eleven o'clock and I see it's not there, I thought I'll just save him the trouble and I'll do it myself. But uh, <laughs> we did it at the same time last did week. It at the same time, <laughs> dueling banjos. We deliveranced it. <laughs> I want to yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah. I want to take it. No, naturally, uh, we're also on Facebook and and YouTube and Instagram and all those places. So you know the drill. And TikTok. Just, don't yeah. forget. Don't forget your favourite. Oh, I'm coming around to TikTok a bit later because yeah. that's some exciting shit we got going on on TikTok right now for me anyway. But. Uh, it's like it's, it's not of me, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, well, you you do contribute to our TikTok, so you know. Not by choice, my friend. <laughs> not by choice. I regret that three-page contract that you made me sign when I came on board that I didn't read. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, it was all yeah. fine print. <laughs> it's actually like you know a few pages from the final act of uh, Deliverance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it guarantees that every week every week I have a pretty mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, far out. If you like free stuff, people, uh, we've got giveaways on our website too. Got a bunch of cool stuff up for grabs, including a spiffy Ricky O, the story of Ricky Blu-ray, thanks to Dead End DVD. I reckon you uh, you want to you want to enter that one because that's a very cool prize. We also have cinema tickets and driving passes and other cool stuff like that. But let's move on, Ben. Today's all about boozy movies, and um, coming up, we're going to talk about some of our favourite grog movies. Um, Wonder if any of these are uh, stories we've got. We've got drunken stories from our uh, from our team coming up, and I wonder if anyone's going to talk about a grog bog. You know, I haven't heard that term for a while. <laughs> the best thing about the grog, the after grog bog. <laughs> That's right, you know. And I bring that up just so that we can say that we have officially put it out there on the air. Grog bog. Look, I used to have this, <laughs> and I've since learned mistaken belief. Yeah. <laughs> that you cannot puke while you're taking a shit. 
Like your body just will not let two things, it, they will not let it come out of two, two ends at the same time. So if I was ever hung over and felt a bit sick, I would, because I used to, I hated puking. Mm. Now I see it for the relief that it is. <laughs> yeah. like, this is amazing. Mm. Like you get it out. Like, sure, there's sometimes there's a little, you do two or three dry wretches afterwards and that's, no one likes that. <laughs> nice. Uh, unless you're a supermodel. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no one else. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I used to try and like, you know, I'm sure, you know, I, I'm sure this will give me colon problems later in life, <laughs> but I used to try and like, like, you know, squeeze one out to stop myself from having to puke. Mm. Um, yeah, I reckon, I, I reckon uh, I've come close to firing at both ends. Yeah. Mate. Yeah. Like I was disabused. <laughs> I've been disabused of that notion <laughs> since. Far out. Uh, well, who knows what the other guys will be talking about when they talk about their drunk stories, but do keep listening. We have our segments from Jarrett Garn. We have the Bonehead Weekly Podcast. Guillermo, he's um he's midway through his overseas adventures, so he's out of the picture for another week. Um, I hope he comes back with some good drunk stories. He'll have to make up for it. Who's keeping the world up to date with Hollywood news and well, reviews? It's a, everyone has to do their own work, you know? <laughs> you want to know what's going on and we, we should be doing it. <laughs> yeah. But we're too busy, mate. Well, that's, I just go. I I just go to his website. That's why we have a Guillermo. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> he does the. I'm used to. It's like I'm I'm like one of the fat people from uh, from Wally. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the bed. I don't know how to walk anymore. No, that's right. The the those floating trays have done. You know what you need. Them. You know what you need. You need the Newsly app because it reads the news to you. You see. Can you put in PDFs and it will read the PDF to you? Oh, well, let's have a look. We can always pitch that as an idea. Because uh, let me tell you, <laughs> I would love that. I was, <laughs> At work, we had this guy, and hopefully he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> well, let's just call, let's just call him uh, uh, John Farnham, just as a nice pseudonym. Mm. It's not John Farnham. Okay. But let's just call it John Farnham. Sure. And he's from Brisbane, and every now and then he would come down and he would stay at the office because uh, the office was previously a house. So mm. there's a couple, there's bedrooms in the back. Yep. And he would stay in one of those while he was down. And one night I had, he's and he's a, he's a producer, he's a film producer. Yep. I had a night out, and I came back to the office like it was like nine ten o'clock because I had to go. The, I was busting to go to the toilet. I was like, I'll just go to the office. I, I think I'd left my car there anyway and caught the train into the city, the tram into the city. So I came back into the office and I found him propped up on my desk, half asleep <laughs> with his phone on. And he had his, his assistant lived in Canada. Like he's the only person I know who has an assistant that lived in another country. <laughs> his assistant is in Canada reading a script that he had to read. He had to read. So she was reading the screenplay to him <laughs> while he snoozed on the desk. And I was like, this is the, like, who doesn't want, it's like having mum read you a bedtime story, but for work. And we'll call his assistant Glenn Wheatley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Call him from prison. Yeah, let us, <laughs> he's, he's dead now. He's dead now. Yeah, so, you know, come up and say, uh, let us pour another drink. Uh, you get that, that frog out of your throat and um, have another one. let Jarrett take over the mic for a few minutes. Hey, this is Jarrett and welcome to PE class. Now, it's a pretty quiet week on the home entertainment front. The only title hitting home entertainment 
is Lightyear from Disney. That's right, the Toy Story tie-in movie where they didn't get Tim Allen to do the voice of Buzz Lightyear in this one. And uh, look, it's coming out in all the formats, 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray and DVD. The 4K has HDR and a Dolby Atmos track. There's a couple special features on this bad boy too, an audio commentary, three featurettes and six deleted scenes. Unfortunately, one of the featurettes doesn't tackle why they didn't get Tim Allen back. I haven't seen it, and to be honest, despite my love of the Toy Story franchise, I have very little interest in this one. I'll probably catch up with it on Disney Plus at some point in time. Now before I wrap my segment this week, I thought I would share a drunken tale of my own, and of course it involves physical media. And it was possibly at the peak of physical media here in Australia when DVD was boss around 2004-ish. This is before Blu-ray in fact. So I was at an interstate work conference that was funded by all the major physical distributors at the time and revolving around, you guessed it, physical media, DVDs. Uh, and there was a party held at Jupiter's Casino on the Gold Coast. It was an open bar, there was entertainment, and it was an opportunity to hang out with your fellow physical media brethren, both retailers and distributors. And amongst uh, the crowd, there was the odd celebrity too. In fact, we were drinking with Jason Gann, who's the series creator of the Aussie and US version of Wilfred. And he also played Wilfred in both versions of the series as well. When the night came to a close, most of the folks headed back to their fancy hotel rooms. However, of course I decided to kick on. And uh, I kicked on with another chap. Uh, he'd been drinking with us and he said, well, I've got a car. So do you want to go and check out that bird that we spoke to before who's having like a get together and we'll go along to that. I've got the address and uh, yeah, I'm not entirely sure whether he was all right to drive, but I was pretty hammered. So I asked very little questions. Unfortunately, when we reached our destination where the get together was going to be, the girl informed us that her housemate had cracked the sads and put an end to anything transpiring there. So we jumped back into the car and I said, maybe we should call it and head back. But he was like, yeah, we can do that, but let me make one stop along the way. So uh, we drive back into the night, well, early morning as it were, but it was dark, so whatever. I had no idea where we were going, but eventually we reach a convenience store. He hops out, he throws his keys in the bush, and I watch as he enters the convenience store. He comes back, he fossicks around the bloody bushes, finds his keys, and I see he's got like a carton of eggs and a newspaper. Then he asks me to read out the classified ads of local sex workers as he vainly attempts to find a date. Before I assist with his quest, I actually say to him, look, I'm not really into that. Uh, any chance you can just drop me back? And he assures me, yeah, I'll drop you back before you know I pursue anything. Anyway, he had no luck procuring a date, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for me. And then I stupidly ask, well, what are the eggs for? He responds that he got them so we can throw them at early morning joggers. And despite my state, I let him know I'm not into that either and perhaps it's just best that we go back to the hotel so we can get rested before the second day of the conference. I mean, at this point in time, the conference is going to begin within four hours. So I kind of need a little bit of sleep before I have to return to duty. He then asks, well, what's the conference for? And at that point, I realize I am in a car with a total stranger. He's no colleague. He's a complete random that had joined our group at some point and drank with us and chatted. I also realized that I might not make it back to the hotel in one piece. So I text one of my friends back at the hotel in full knowledge they're not gonna read it for a few hours. But at very least, at least someone knows what happened in those last few hours of my life. 
uh, if I'm never seen again or never seen again in one piece. I included a brief description of the chat and if they had camera phones back there I would have taken a photo but they didn't. So anyway, to bring a long story to a very short conclusion, he dropped me back at the hotel in one piece I might add and uh, the next morning when I ventured to breakfast uh, feeling like Nick Nolte after like a three day bender when Nick Nolte was in his 50s or 60s I've learnt that my friend who I'd sent the text message to had informed as many people as possible the contents of that text message and uh, needless to say I never lived it down for the years that followed at those particular conferences so I guess my moral of this story is don't get into cars with strangers but if you do just be sure to say no to potential solicited group dates or bringing yoke-fueled fury upon those who are making better life choices than you at 4am in the morning. Anyway, that's it for me for this week, so until next time, stay physical. Have, um, have you ever thrown eggs at a stranger? No. <laughs> Neither have I. You know, I think there's multiple lessons to be taken from that. I think, um... Obviously, you know, drink responsibly, but also stranger danger. <laughs> I would say, look, the, uh, the ultimate lesson in that is don't have a job. Because if Jared hadn't didn't have a job, he never would have gone to Brisbane for that conference. He never would have uh, gotten... He wouldn't have been in that situation at all. Like, if he was un- an unemployed bum, mm. it never would have happened. And that's my motto. Like yeah, being, nothing bad happens to you when you're an unemployed bum. Because you can't afford it. That's... I'm pretty sure that's the lesson I've learned from from watching 2,306 episodes of The Bill. That the bums... It's, it's, yeah. the, uh, the opinions expressed by Ben Helwig on this program is <laughs> and his alone. <laughs> you know what? For a long time, my nickname was Blood Balls. That's um, not what you're thinking. It's uh, I got paralytically drunk one particular time, and I was on an empty stomach and couldn't spew anything. Like I just wanted to ratcheted it all up and um, I burst all the blood vessels in my eyeballs and my eyes turned red like absolutely red like a horror movie and the, the thing about that is they don't go away like you've got a month yeah, you yeah, got a month take a while. just having blood balls and so that was um, I was affectionately known as blood balls amongst my friends so yeah right there you go what about you got any got any horror nightmares or you know drinking stories not really I I only drank from the age of 16 to 18. Once it became legal, I was like, this is dumb. Yeah. I just feel like shit the next day. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to I, I just want to be in bed. <laughs> Most of the time, I want to go to sleep. You got old early. I got old very early. <laughs> but during that period of time, I used to... I did... One time, I, I got incredibly drunk at a party. And I called my dad to pick me up. And he came and got me. And he, he had, at the time, he had a Nissan Nomad van. <laughs> and five minutes from the party, in front of this oval, the um, the van started overheating, so we had to pull over and let the engine cool down. I crawled out of the back of the van. I crawled like <laughs> over the seat through into the, the back, <laughs> opened the back of the van, crawled out to the crawled to the middle of this oval, mm. and then just lay there puking and lying like almost doing like a snow angel <laughs> in my own puke. Like that's the not a great story. It doesn't no. doesn't really paint me least, in a good light. At least you didn't shit yourself at the same time. No, no, yeah, that's no, impossible. Was, right? Yeah, it doesn't come out. <laughs> doesn't, didn't come out both ends. I was just puking. Not like not like Spud in Trainspotting. <laughs> no shit in the bed. Far out. All right. Well, uh, movie time. <laughs> 
let's talk about movies. For any first-time listeners, uh, Ben and I recommend two movies each per episode. I'm going to let Ben kick this one off. What boozy movie do you recommend people seek out and watch? I reckon they should check out a movie called Trees Lounge. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. It's a... It's a you know, it's a nice kind of, it's a slice of life kitchen sink drama it about came, a bunch yeah. of alcoholics. It came from out of nowhere at the time, I remember. I, I rented yeah. it as a new release. I'm like, what is this? It's got the guy from Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, that's right. And it was, it was, <laughs> so Steve Buscemi, and it was his, uh, I think it was his, it was definitely his directorial debut. Yeah. But he also, he wrote the screenplay, mm-hmm. directed it, produced it, the whole, the whole bit, really. Um, it's got, a, he, he cast, he was like, I wanted to work with my brother. Cast my brother. Yep. Which is the only film that his brother's ever been in. Well, apparently he does theatre work, according to and the Bobby Wygant interview I listened to uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Buscemi at the time. Was this a, was it a Miramax film? Because I think it was. I don't know. Because I want to think that at the time, because, you know, you know, Tarantino was the golden boy with the, the Weinsteins. And I'm thinking that they kind of just threw Buscemi a bone and said, you know, you want to make the movie? Go ahead. Do what you want. I, look, I don't, it's... I don't see their logo on the poster. Okay. I don't know. But the soundtrack was on MCA. All right. If that's handy. That's but right. Look, this it, is, that's a game for people. Film. They can fact check me. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, but it does. It's, look, it's got an all-star cast. I mean, basically, the movie is just about Steve Buscemi hanging out in the, in, in trees, trees, which is the name of the bar that he hangs out in. Yeah. Um, getting sourced and kind of... <laughs> Finding ways to keep him solvent enough to keep getting sourced, uh, but it's got a great cast. So Carol Kane works in the bar; mm-hmm. she's great. Mark Boone, a thin Mark Boone Jr., is another kind of bar fly. Uh, Anthony LaPaglia is his ex best friend that is now married and having a baby with his ex girlfriend. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Michael Buscemi, as I said, uh, I actually don't remember that guy being in it. John. Ventimiglia from um, uh, Sopranos, but um, Debbie Mazza, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Debbie Mazza has never looked better. She who should be by um, Betty Rubble. She who should be Be-Betty Betty Rubble, indeed. <laughs> she, yeah, she she is in two scenes in the film, and they're they're both hysterical, mm-hmm. especially the second one. Um, but she, like Jesus Christ, is she good looking? There's also Brooke Smith turns up who um, I think was in Series 7 where I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Seymour Cassell plays their uncle. Oh, what's his uncle, Al? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's great. He just has like a like a kind of a cameo. Kevin Corrigan, perfect. Like he's got a great weird bit in it. Just love that guy. Michael Imperioli. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, it seems like he's 12 in it. Yeah, he's yeah. He's great. But Chloe Sf- Sevigny or Svegny as I always yeah, call her, yeah. but I think it's Sevigny. Mm-hmm. She's in it, and it, this was this would have been like just after kids, yeah. So really early in her career, and she gives a really great performance. She is uh, luminescent <laughs> in a, in an inappropriate way, yeah, right. Um, but she is great. Like it's, it's it was just it was just well, a, I mean, you're just a like, really good I'm looking movie. at it now. You got Carol Kane, Daniel Baldwin, uh, Mimi Rogers. That's right. I forgot. Uh, yeah, that's right. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson has a great like little. I mean, all of these people are only in it for like these little bits. Yeah. They kind of. Come in and out of the bar. Samuel L. Jackson is a truck driver that you find out works for Mark Boone Jr. And they, he's teaching one of the kids to drive a truck and he backs into another car. So they come into the bar. Because that's what you do when you have a car accident. Go to a bar and have a drink. And I think it's Phil Lamar is the kid hmm. um, from Pulp Fiction and uh, Mad TV. Yeah. 
but Dan, Dan, Daniel Baldwin and, and Mimi Rogers are married, and they're Chloe Sevigny's parents. Yeah, right. in the film, and they're also I think, I think, um, what's her name is his ex girlfriend's sister. Like that's the connection. So they 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 were like I think he'd been going out with his girlfriend for like you know since high school kind of thing, and yeah. they were supposed to you know they were going to be together forever. But Steve Buscemi becomes an alcoholic and turns into a complete asshole, and that's yeah. why they break up. It's a bit like a like a bar version of Smoke. It's like um, it's hundred percent anthology without. The anthology, you know, like it's stories that kind of go within yeah. the narrative. Yeah. I mean, it's all like, it's all still Basimi weaving in and out of yeah. all of these things. Uh, it's definitely his, his story, but yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yep. Like that. And it's on, you can watch it on, um, it's on Plex, Plex TV. So right. you can, you, you get ads, but mm. the ads are fine. They're always right. this, for the same thing. Yeah. So one of those, you know, they don't have enough. They don't have enough ads to actually fill out the space. So you're just watching the same ad oh, I mean, over and over again. They want to drum it into you. Yeah. But you know it's free. That's right. You're well, watching it. You're watching it. You're, you're you're paying for it by watching those ads. You, you, you know, and it was in HD. I was very surprised because awesome. I was trying to. I knew I've got it on VHS. Yes, yeah, and I think it's come out on Blu-ray, or at least a HD version is floating around on one of the proper streaming services, at least in the US. Yeah. Um, but I've only got it on Laserdisc. And my laser display is not hooked up at the moment. Ah, uh, well, you know, uh, I want to add it to my list because <coughs> I haven't seen it since the VHS days, and um, I did love it at the time. I think mm. I've only seen it maybe once or twice, maybe twice. It's it's a weird one too, though, when you watch it because you're like, not much really happens. Yeah, it's not a a plot driven film. Slow burn. <laughs> it's a it's like I said, it's a kitchen sink kind yep. of drama. Yep. About watching this, you know, and there's no like there's a part at the end where you're like, he's kind of he's sitting at the bar. All this stuff has happened. He's got a beer in front of him and he's kind of contemplating it. And you're like, is this the moment where he realizes that, you know, alcohol isn't the answer yeah. and, uh, you know, he makes a change? No. <laughs> you just, then he just has the beer. You're like, because that's life. Yeah, People don't change. It's the boring cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's not boring. But, no, it's, it's yeah. yeah. If Rhea Pillman was played by Carol Kane. It's a great, it's a great movie. I, I do endorse that one. Um, I almost went with Sideways for my recommendation because I think that's, you know, that's a banger of a movie. But I don't know. I just, there was a movie that was far too important and one had to go. So Sideways goes Sideways and I went with Arthur. 1981's Arthur. It's an important film to me, you know. <laughs> what a movie. This is what? It's Dudley Moore, Liza Minnelli, John Gilgood, Jill Eikenberry. I thought you were going to talk about the Russell Brand one. Uh, very disappointing. Yeah, you're a very funny man. <laughs> hey, what about that Academy Award winning song, Arthur's Theme? Um, best that you can do. I think that's Burt Bacharach, isn't it? But um, holy shit, like what an opener. Do you remember the opening of this film when Arthur is driving around town in his limousine just sort of harassing people at traffic lights? And yeah. <laughs> and that laugh of his is like echoing through the streets of Manhattan. What I remember most about that is him in the spa with the top hat. Oh, God. And the train that goes around yeah. it. Far out. And is it John Gilgood, his butler? His butler. Yeah. So for, for anyone that hasn't seen it, don't know about it, um, it's about essentially a spoiled man-child son of a multimillionaire with inflation. Today's world, that would be a billionaire. Yeah. Um, who inconveniently falls in love with a poor woman from Queens, played by Liza Minnelli. Uh, and he's supposed to have an arranged marriage with one of his father's colleague's daughters, which is Jill Arkenberry. He just doesn't love her, you know. And he's told that if he doesn't marry her, he he sacrifices his, his entire inheritance. He's and cut off. Cut off completely. That's exactly how his father says it too. Um, and, the, and then the, and the father-in-law, the, the yeah. he actively 
fucks him. Oh yeah, totally. Like he gets he gets a job, he gets him fired. Yep. You know he to- he wants him to be. Yes. He doesn't. It's not that he just cuts him off. Yeah. From his, you know, family's wealth. Yeah. He stops him from be- being able Social, to earn yeah. a living at all. Yeah, that's right. So so yeah. So Arthur decides <laughs> that he is going to try to make it himself in the world, and and. I guess a lot of that is explored more in part two because mm. in part two he is on the rocks. But you're right. So this um this future father-in-law just absolutely sabotages everything he does. Um, but this movie is I have, a, I have a vague memory that the father-in-law is the police chief from the first Beverly Hills Cop movie. I but I'm not sure. Don't think so. But look him up. Um, Dudley Moore. Like this is for me pinnacle Dudley Moore as far as Hollywood movies go. Um, the, the alcoholism in this is really weird because it's both a point of comedy and a point of tragedy. Stephen Elliott. Well, there you go. Is the police chief. Not, not Ronnie Cox, but Ronnie Cox's boss. I know the one you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. He's got a real stern kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um. Rosewood. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Um, the alcoholism is used as a joke, but it's also used as tragedy. In yeah. this movie, because it's it's crippling this guy's life. But that was for years. That was Dudley Moore and Peter Cook's shtick. Yeah. Was yeah, that yeah. they were? I I was never really sure if they were actually drunk or just playing drunk. Yeah. But that was their yeah. that was their shtick. Yeah, and like I mean, <sighs> Dudley Moore is so precocious and irritating in this movie. Like yeah. you hate him as much as you love him. Like he's so fucking annoying. Liza Minnelli too. I got to say, she's smoking. Like I had the hots mm. for her big time when this came out. Um, but John Gilgood, he um he plays Arthur's personal manservant, Hobson. It's basically Denholm <laughs> Elliott from Trading <laughs> yeah, Places. Yeah, totally. Um, who's more like a father figure to him. He raised him, so he's yeah. the one that you know actually loves Arthur and and wants the best for him. But he plays it dead straight, and apparently behind the scenes, he didn't understand the humor of the movie, and he had to keep <laughs> asking people, "Is what I said funny? Is that you funny?" <laughs> Because his insults are razor sharp. Yeah. I wish I'd written some down that I could, you know, recite to you, but oh, I just remember every time Liza Minnelli would say something, he'd throw back just the wittiest, most insulting fucking comeback, and it's glorious. Um, but yeah, it's another one of those movies I flogged as a kid on VHS, um, as well as a sequel. I think the sequel is one of those sequels that's about as close to being as good as the original as sequels can get. I've got, I was just going to say, I've looked up, I've jumped on uh, IMDb, <laughs> yeah. and the very first quote is, Hobson, yes, do you know what I'm going to do? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to take a bath. I'll alert the media. <laughs> do you want to do you, do you run my bath for me? That's what I live for. Perhaps you'd like me to come in there and wash your dick for you, you little <laughs> shit. <laughs> so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's always said from behind a newspaper. Yeah, because <laughs> he's trying to read on the chair in the corner. But then I think of, I then I automatically think of coming to America. Yeah. Wipers. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh... I hope you have sex with your bathers. <laughs> I do. But number two, I want to talk about that for a minute. <clears throat> Cynthia Sykes um, replaces Jill Eikenberry in that one, and Paul Benedict steps in as the new manservant, or the classic um, receptionist from was it Spinal Tap? Yeah, right. I love that guy. And I remember as a kid watching number two a lot more than number one. So in my in my imagination, he was the real man servant, you know? Right. And then it wasn't until I got older that I realized John Gilgood was the, uh, was the original. The original. The and he, OG. Comes, he comes back as like an apparition <laughs> in, in part two. Yeah, because Kath- he dies, doesn't he? Yeah. Kathy Bates also has a role in part two, <clears throat> plays the um, adoption agency woman. Anyway, there you go. So it's a great film. And I have one little... Funny story to tell from behind the scenes of this one involving Liza Minnelli. 
there was a scene in the film where she's in, I think she's in Manhattan and she's waiting for a bus to arrive. And the scene is, bus arrives, she hops on, drives away. So the bus pulls up, she hops on, drives away. And she actually hopped on a real bus that pulled up. It wasn't the movie bus. And so she fucking got taken down the other end of Manhattan. <laughs> so why isn't uh, the bus stopping? Yeah, that's right. Who are all these filthy people? Uh, like, but like, who has a, a, a movie set where the real bus can just come in? Can come in, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, could, could you if I was a bus commuter, I'd be furious. Like, the other night I went to Miff and uh, I came out of the movie I went to see. Mm-hmm. Came down the, uh, went to the car park, yep. and outside the car park, they're doing construction on that lane at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I guess it's the city, you got to. Yep. But, you know, they, they've blocked off the car park exit, and they're like, and they're talking on their walkie-talkies to let you through it. I'm like, fuck you. I've just paid $12 <laughs> to use this car park, and you're just using it to keep undercover? Like, where do these construction workers get off? <laughs> like, I would be furious at the film... If the film crew had somehow blocked me, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Yes. Like, I'm on this bus every fucking day, asshole. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Yes, I am here once again with another very, very convenient interruption to the show. Uh, this one is beneficial, trust me. Yeah, I'm here to spruik the Newsly app. We've partnered with them, and it's an amazing app that you do need to have on your phone. It's the best way to listen to us, and the best thing of all is it's free. It is a super app, and the way it works is it it collects all of the information from around the world, all the news stories that are of your interest. So whether you like science or current affairs, maybe like films, music, whatever it is, comedy even, it will collect the highest trending articles depending on your tastes. And then it presents them to you and reads them to you in a natural human voice, which is very handy if you're driving your car or perhaps you're on the train to work. Whatever the case, this is such a great way to get your information. As I said, it's free. You've got nothing to lose. But do yourself a favor by doing us a favor and listening to Good Movie Monday on the Newsly app. It's newsly.me. Best of all is they have a premium service. And if you're interested in that, you can get an entire month for free by using our exclusive code... Monday. It's Monday without the O. M-N-D-A-Y. Just punch that in. Get a free month. It's awesome. Up 
All days Wang Chung Bachelor Party. That's a great, great drinking movie. What a beauty. It's basically the hangover. It's like the original hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think very bad very bad things was the original hangover and then Bachelor Party was the original Very Bad bad Things. things. (laughs) Yeah. And so Bachelor Party had the better tits. And the arse that falls through the sky with the the sunroof. I watched that movie with my kids when they were probably about 10, 11, 12. Inappropriate. And that scene with the guy's ass coming through, right as those, the couple are in the car about to kiss and his ass comes through the sunroof and they kiss his ass. That is peak comedy, my friend. Yeah. Peak comedy. So word up, everyone. Check out Bachelor Party. Tom Hanks. Like That's that's vintage Tom Hanks. That's mm. where I love Tom Hanks and want him to stay. Yeah. You know, oh, do you know they, they also did Bachelor Party 2 like, let's, you know, while we're on the, uh, the part two sequel themes. I was going to say, don't worry about it because Tom <laughs> Hanks' brother yeah. was there to make Buford's Beach House Bunnies, mm-hmm. which is basically big. Uh, sorry, is basically uh, Bachelor Party. Yeah, totally. Not, you know, it's that kind of movie. And his brother looks exactly like him. That's true. And sounds. And so he's the one who does the voices for all the, all yeah, the Toy, Toy Story, Story toys. Yeah, that's all right. And then comes Colin, that now looks more like bloody Tom Hanks than he ever did yeah. before. He just um, needs a perm. Yeah. <laughs> His hair's too straight. Harlan Williams was in part two, and that was originally American Pie Presents uh, Bachelor Party. Yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> 
Well, hey, as you know, or maybe people don't, I record a weekly video during the week on a Wednesday night with Chloe called Up Late, and we just hit our 50th episode, so please go and check that out on Facebook and YouTube, or even visit our website. But I also got Chloe to hang around afterwards and um, just spend an extra few minutes talking about one of her drunk stories. So let's have a listen to that now. Well, it happens to be very convenient that we are recording our Up Late segment, and I happen to have you here to... (laughs) <laughs> to pick your brain about a drunk moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have plenty of them. Um, oh. I'm not I'm not short of them, but um, however, this one's quite recent and it made me laugh quite a lot. So um, I'll retell it for you. <laughs> Please, I'm all ears. I, <laughs> I was out for my best friend's 30th birthday. Mm-hmm. We were all having a great night. Um, I don't have to tell a whole lot of people that with my new job came a new sense of confidence within myself. So I'm feeling like I can handle myself if I need to. Mm -hmm. Um, So went out to a nightclub uh, for my friend's 30th birthday, having a few (laughs) beers, just getting, getting jiggy with it, you know? Oh God, uh... (laughs) you didn't, you didn't just say that. I did because I'm young. Um, <clears throat> when <laughs> when I was having a beer with my friend, we were having a boogie, and and the way it, way I was standing, I was facing my friend, and to my right was my best friend whose birthday it was. In the middle of us, there was all these other people that attended her birthday that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. We're all on the dance floor having a great time together, and one of her friends is particularly drunk at that time, um, and all I'm doing is just having a little giggle at it. Nothing, nothing major. It's all fine. <laughs> Turning back to my friend, having a talk, looking over to my right at my friend whose birthday it is. And all of a sudden this drunk girl comes up to me and she says, um, she, <laughs> she looks at me and she goes, if you look my friend up and down one more time, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> now, I have to mention that um, she's quite... Um, gen z dressed mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes sense to you in other words it was tad skanky um mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas i i partied in like the 2010s and the early 2000s all right so mm-hmm. i'm a i'm a dress in a dress and heels girl always have been always will um and i i maybe looked a little more delicate than i came than i actually am so <laughs> i looked at her and i said um excuse me And she goes, if you look my friend up and down one more time, I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) And I looked her dead in the eyes and I said, I don't know who the fuck you think you are, but if you speak to me that way again, I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) Um, I go, I don't even know who your friend is. I'm not looking anybody up and down. So you might want to get your facts right before you get in my face. And threaten me. (laughs) Anyway, I don't think most of my friends have seen me quite aggressive. So they decided to try and split us up. However, um, she kept insisting that I was looking at her friend funny. And I kept insisting that I was going to beat the shit out of her. She kept (laughs) accusing me. Um, And so that was that. My friend dragged me to the bar. And um, my other friend whose birthday was kicked her out of the club. So there you go. (laughs) Wow. Kind of. I kind of wish that had a, a more violent conclusion, to be honest Me with you. Too. I would have loved, I would have loved to have fought this girl. It would have um, been the ultimate comeuppance. 
if it wasn't my best friend's birthday and I didn't want to take away from her night at all, I probably would have smacked this girl straight in the face because I don't take kindly to people giving <laughs> me of things and I don't um, I don't back down and I can get quite aggressive. Ask my mother. She'll tell you. I'm a little, I'm a little we, fiery. I think we both know you could have had her like that. Far out. I could have snapped her like a fucking twig, honestly. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> That was worth getting you back onto the show. It was great to have your voice back on the show. So I enjoyed that thoroughly. Thank you kindly. Oh, no worries. Happy Monday, friends. Lesson to be learned there. Don't fuck with Chloe. So take that on board. <laughs> and for the listeners that didn't know, um, Chloe's now in our security detail. So, you know, just remember if um, you want to get to us, you got to go through her first. That's right. <laughs> I will... I have no problem with pushing her in front of a bullet. <laughs> you know, meant for me. Back in the day, Ben, I used to host a lot of parties. Um, that sounds really bad. I don't mean it that way. No, I don't mean it. I, don't I just mean sort of brush through that way. and move on. Um, I used to host a lot of parties because my parents had a pretty cool pad that um, used to, you know, exploit with all of my drunken shenanigans. Uh, and I once passed out and got my head stuck behind the toilet. And uh, the problem was that I had gone to use the private toilet, you know, in the main residence of you know the property, whereas um, everyone else was down at like the pool house. <laughs> so I, I was stuck for quite a long time. <laughs> and it was only one of my friends about three hours later that, you know, knew that they could actually use the private toilet as well. <laughs> they found, found me. you. I'd passed, like I'd passed out with my head sliding down the wall and then got wedged between the toilet and the wall. Like, yeah. How did they get your head out? Oh, I, apparently it was pretty easy. <laughs> I was just too drunk to realise. Just, <laughs> just the same way you went down, just up. <laughs> oh. Trying to wedge it out. Anyway, good times, good times. If, do, do you have any more embarrassing drunk stories you'd like to share? No. No? No, like I said, I stopped getting drunk at, at 18. I don't really drink. I don't drink. <laughs> I don't believe you. I think you've got more to, more to share. You're just mm. being modest. No, not really. All right. Like, uh, would you like to then? I mean, like, I mean, like everyone, I enjoyed a Seven Eleven hot dog <laughs> yep. while drunk. Sounds right. That's not really a great story, though. No, but that can come out both ends. But uh, look, I no, I had a I, I had a cast iron stomach for, as far as those were concerned. Uh, that's a good point. Like, yeah, I would like how how close to expiry is this? This past expiry, <laughs> twenty four hours ago. It's the old. Uh, I'll take it's it. The old quickie mart. The yes. rotisserie fucking... The rotisserie ones. Yeah, not the packaged ones. No. I wasn't playing with the safety net. I wanted the ones that potentially had been spiked by junkies. <laughs> that were all like wrinkled. Like they, they yeah. had that, um, what do you call the, the fucking water fingers that you get? Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're the best. They're the best ones. The day, the day 7-Eleven got rid of those mm. is the day I stopped buying hot food from 7-Eleven. I must say, about 10 years ago, I had a hot dog party. And all we ate was hot dogs. And I remember at the end of the night being dead to chug a pint of hot dog water. Oh, yeah. And not. then you got your head wedged down the back of a hot dog. <laughs> did not end well. <laughs> anyway, um, well, what about a movie? Would you like to recommend a movie instead? You've really kind of put a damper on everything with that. Story. <laughs> oh. Don't recommend it. Uh, well, look, I'm, I, just, I just think that it's impossible to talk about a to do a boozy episode and not talk about the greatest movie about alcohol of all time. <laughs> and that is 1988's Cocktail. Oh, I like what you're putting down there. <laughs> it's Tom a great Cruise's, one. Tom Cruise's arguably, and by that, I mean, I will argue with anyone 
to the, who says anything to the contrary. Tom Cruise's best film. It's a, it's a, it's an underappreciated movie. Even though it was big, it was huge. I think it's kind of been forgotten in many ways. You don't see it on reruns. You know, it's not a movie that has well, a life. It used to play on TV all the time. It's just people don't watch TV. Once anymore. upon a time, but I'll tell you what. Like, yeah, it's it's fond memories. I, I saw this at the cinema. I was way too young to. Yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those movies that. I think that if it's on TV, you would definitely watch it. Mm-hmm. But now, if nobody goes out of their way to watch Cocktail except for this guy, which is a shame. Because well, Cocktail, it, it is yeah, excellent. It is. I mean, and at the time, it was all about that fancy bottle throwing <laughs> and shit behind yeah, the bar. That was like a big thing. The choreographed I, I learned how to do it. Screw Claude Ugly. Like, we're talking Cocktail. Like, yeah, it's like, like a- Brian Brown and Tom Cruise choreographed at a bar doing the same maneuver. It's impressive. Yeah. It's impressive, and Brian Brown, like Australia's Brian Brown, Australia's Brian Brown, hot off the hot off the heels of FX. Yep, he's in Coglin. He's Coglin, and I, like for years after watching Cocktail for the first time, I would walk around going, "Coglin's law," <laughs> and Aussie director too, right? Uh, yeah, it's, Roger uh, Donaldson. Roger Donaldson. Yeah, he's yeah, it here. certainly is. Yeah, um, or New Zealand, one or the other. We own yeah, them. We claim. Yep, we claim him. <laughs> uh, no, he's born in Ballarat. Oh, there you go. Uh, but Elizabeth Shue, the stunning Elizabeth Shue, I only found out... Um, Not Andrew Shue. No, that's... that's <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure. One of the girls who I think... Is it Lisa Baines? Um, I don't know if it's Lisa Baines, who's like the rich kind of woman that uh, he, he takes Tom Cruise as her toy boy. Or it's one of the other... One of the other women in it, but she was the she did all of the the female singing parts in all the Meatloaf songs, like <laughs> "Bad Out of Hell" and all that. Sort of, you know, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. And she's the she's the. I always wondered who that was. Yeah, but right. Didn't I was, know. I was listening to a. I was on the way here. I was listening to a couple of podcasts of people talking about Cocktail, and I was very upset because they were down on the film. I was like, it's fucking outrageous. I mean, Elizabeth Shue, it's Brian Brown. It's uh, Gina Gershon, Kelly Lynch. There's a great story about how... Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in... No, it's Roadhouse. There's a great story, the Roadhouse. The, the Murray brothers The Murray brothers know Kelly Lynch's husband, or at least mm. or who was for a while Kelly Lynch's husband. And wherever they were in the world, if they ever turned on the TV and Roadhouse was on, they would call him. So sometimes, you know, two, three, four o'clock in the morning... They would call him and go, hey, I'm watching Patrick Swayze fuck your wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, all, like all four Murray brothers would yeah, do it. Yeah, that's great. Wherever they were in the world. Hey, you can pretend that Roadhouse and uh, Cocktail are in the same universe. Look, I definitely think they they, they exist <laughs> in the same way. Roadhouse is similarly yeah. a fantastic But they have film. a very similar feel to it. Like the way the bar's depicted. Like it, just, it could have been <clears throat> shot you know, with the well, same lens. The bar that... The bar that Patrick Swayze works at at the start yeah. is very much like the bars that uh, Tom Cruise mm. and Brian Brown work when they're doing their uh, barman poetry. You know what? And uh, you know what? Um, Tom Cruise has just done like Top Gun Maverick. You know, maybe he should come back for a cocktail too. Another cocktail. You should that cocktail or shook up. But you know, you know who's in it as well. Paul Benedict. Oh, there you go. He's the um, he's the economics teacher because the whole movie is basically about Tom Cruise. He comes from a very working class slash poor background. Yeah, he's determined to get rich. He has 
no skills. <laughs> and at the start of the movie, he gets out of the, I think, the army or the Marines or something. Yep. Decides to head off to New York to uh, make his fortune. But, of course, he has no skills. So he goes back to school where, um, what's his name, is the teacher, is his economics teacher, and gets a part-time job working at a bar uh, with Brian Brown. Mm-hmm. And he's a terrible bartender at the start. Yep. But Brian Brown teaches him how to toss the bottles around and sing, uh, Was it? What is, what's the song that they all sing? Um, oh, I wish I could remember. <coughs> you know, see, the problem I have with cocktail is that my wife is obsessed with Corio de Ugly. So my visions of bars and, and, and cocktail bottles being thrown around are overshadowed by this awful all-female version of cocktail. With yeah. with the very that very is good an John, insult to cocktail. Yeah, except John Goodman's pretty good in it, but then that's about it. You said he's in it for two minutes. Yeah, it, that's an insult to cocktail. Cocktail is far superior to Coyote yeah, Ugly. Coyote is. Ugly is a half-assed <laughs> piece of trash mm. in comparison. Um, hip hip shake. That's what they <laughs> of sing. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah, they all do hip. They sing hip hip shake, and uh, and then they have a falling out because uh, it's a great falling out at one of their at one of their events. Tom Cruise picks up uh, uh, Gina Gershon mm-hmm. and uh, Brian Brown bets him. And this is a, a kind of a running thing throughout the whole film, this whole betting thing. Brian Brown bets him that uh, with by the end of the week, she'll be in bed with someone else. <laughs> and Tom Cruise is like, nonsense. Like, this is real. <laughs> and of course, by the end of the week, she's banging Brian Brown. <laughs> he's like, what? You know, and they have, he's like, why'd you do it to me? He's like, well, I had to win the bet. <laughs> Horrible. I remember like being far too young to see this at the cinemas and not comprehending the uh, the overdose scene, you know, which is a very yeah. very heavy part of the movie, and it's it's pretty awfully told. Like you know, yeah. it's not glossed over in any way. It's you know, it's a pretty pretty horrible thing. Um, well, you know, people might not have seen you know the movie, so we won't sort of you know give too many spoilers away there. But the biggest takeaway from Cocktail, we'll talk about a bit later in the show. It's definitely uh, Kokomo. Yeah. Um, and, the soundtrack. The soundtrack for Cocktail. Yep. Is like a must-have for anyone who's into soundtracks. Every song on that soundtrack is a banger. So that's what. Ha- so they they kind of fall out, and then they meet up again years later when Tom Cruise is working uh, in the Bahamas. Yep. Or Hawaii or something. And then in comes the Kokomo's introduction. Yep. It's also where you meet Elizabeth Shue, the stunning Elizabeth Shue, and the stunning uh, yeah Kelly Lynch both. Come into our uh, heroes' lives. If I'm not mistaken, the uh, the song is film. sort of uh, introduced to the movie with a nice um, aerial shot of the the beach line, mm-hmm. palm trees, and then the little grass hut, you know, <laughs> thing, yeah. bar. <laughs> yeah, it's like the bar. It's like the bar in Touristas, except no one's uh, no one's also harvesting the guests' organs for uh, the I black prefer, market. I prefer trade. Club Paradise. You know? yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> This is Bonehead Weekly Fun Size, and this week's topic is all about the guzzling. That's what we call it here in Kentucky. We yep, nobody have, calls it that. Don't listen to it. We've been drinking the prize fighting liquor. Yes, that's right. We like to drink the bourbon over here. Uh, none of us sound like that, by the way. So I say, I say, like, I say, boy. I say, I say, I say, put down the alcohol, son, and pick up the cocaine. Now. We're going to talk about movies that deal with booze that are awesome. And Chad's going to go first. And uh, Joe asked me to go first. And I'm going to apologize because I'm going to steal Joe's movie because it's 
one of our favorites of all time. Gotta go with my favorite year. Peter O'Toole. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Cocktail for the next 25 minutes. But sure, yeah, my favorite year is one of my favorite movies. I own the one, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite year is Peter O'Toole, Mark Lynn Baker, uh, directed by Richard ben- Benjamin, uh, writ- writers Norman Steinberg and Dennis Palumbo. Uh, it's kind of loosely based on Mel Brooks, right, Joe? Yep. Uh, well, Mel Mel, Bro- it kind of, when Mel Brooks wrote for my show of shows, was shows. Caesar. It's yeah. loosely based on it, and Mel Brooks did produce the film. Yeah, and and Joseph Bologna is a is a extreme caricature of Sid Caesar himself. But yeah, it's all about uh, Mark Lynn Baker works for this. He's a writer on this uh, this show, this variety show in the nineteen twenties or nineteen twenties or thirties, thirties, right, or maybe forties. Yeah, no, it Don't was know. the late forties, early fifties of the prime. Sorry, because nineteen twenties didn't anyway. No, they didn't. Uh, have but no, then, bud. no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's casting degree. Oh God, I'm. It's a long day right now. Is proud to to our good our good movie Monday listeners. I had a bad day that involved curry, so I'm I'm a little bit frazzled. But yeah, you know, it's about Peter O'Toole. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mark Lynn Baker is a, he write writer for the show, and he's tasked with keeping tabs on this actor who's a well known boozer, and it's yeah. just all about the drunken escapades he has to go through. Uh, during the time while he's watching that first yeah i'm going to talk about that's okay chad i'm glad you got that one because i'm going to steal one that james loves we're going to talk about 1934's the thin man uh, that, that was, was gonna be it you got me but i got a backup was, guys no. that was going to be mine but i was like i'm going to pick my favorite year Not only is the thin man a hell of a mystery film and and probably just one of the best cast two leading folks in the history of film of Nick and Nora Charles, and basically what they do is go around drinking and solving mysteries. If you're not familiar with The Thin Man, they they almost remade this a few years ago with Johnny Depp, and then something happened there. I'm not for sure. I don't need them to remake it. I really think people should just yeah. stop and go watch the original one because you can put the original one over here and some of the sequels, and they play just as damn good as they did what eighty years later, yeah. eighty seven, eighty eight years later. I, William I Powell and my kid, William Powell, Myrna Lloyd, Myrna Lloyd are some of the best chemistry on screen in his in movie history, and they're freaking hilarious as drunks. James, by the way, do you? I I want to do one add on. Do you know? That, that's why you know why I was going to cover that movie, Joe. It's the only oh, movie on the list that has its own. They they were such renowned drinkers that if you're into cocktails, you will know there is actually a glass named after the characters in that movie. If you've ever heard of the Nick and Nora glass used in cocktails, it's named after Nick and Nora Charles. Now you'd have you to be a hard five minutes alcoholic to know that. Mine's a simple one, you all. Y'all took the other ones. That's fine. I was going to do Thin Man. But we can't do a movie about drinking without doing a movie that celebrates the art of drinking as a competition. Because Gam Gam was a whore. Oh, God, I knew he was going to do it. I was going to almost do The World's End, but I'm glad you're doing this one. Beer Fest. Well, there's a couple honorable men, but Beer Fest is all about how much can you drink. And I love the fact that roast all those other send-ups when you have a main character die and i'm his identical twin brother just call me by his name though it means a lot to me i mean it doesn't matter it's all about drinking it's That's the only the broken is. lizard film i can tolerate it's the best broken I, I love broken lizard that being said beer fest i love super troopers super troopers though is off the wall Beer Fest plays as much more straight direct comedy, I should say. It's not reliant. Plus, it has Gam Gam in it. It has Cloris Leach, but you can't go wrong. Gam Gam. Uh, uh, also, real quick, uh, and, and this was 
mentioned to me via chat. This was mentioned to me in chat. We also probably should throw out if you need a holiday one, bad Santa. Tons of drinking in that one. Yeah, Santa's going to do naughty things to me. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Hey everyone, it's Melzy here from the Melbourne Horror Film Society. Uh, Boozy stories, yes, I have a few. Uh, Many of which I can't remember, which is exactly why I stopped drinking for eight or nine years in my 20s. But during that time, I had an international rule. So when I'd go on an overseas trip, it wasn't drinking the whole time, but I'd allow myself to have one boozy night per holiday. So when I was in Vietnam in 2011 with my good friend Clint, we had a boozy night um, at a beach bar, drinking copious amounts of buckets of something or other. Anyway, we had an early train trip the next morning so we get back to the hostel or the hotel with about 15 minutes to get packed we are shoveling our clothes into our backpacks we go downstairs jump on the back of a motorbike each we get to the train station I think we would have missed the train but luckily it had been um, delayed for a bit so we're sitting there like fuck fuel 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 sitting there and then this guy comes up to us that can't speak English you know we are still drunk not really sure what's going on and he keeps trying to give us a ticket or sell us a ticket what we think he's trying to sell us a ticket and we're like mate we've already got our tickets we're fine we've got our tickets Clint starts to get pretty annoyed he's like piss off mate we've already got our tickets you know thinking that we're getting haggled anyway I don't know how long it was but it was quite a long time before we realized that the guy was from the hotel and we'd actually left our fucking tickets in the in the hotel room. So he's there trying to give us our tickets. Once we realised, we were just like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And just like, oh. Anyway, we end up getting on the train. It's the worst fucking train trip of our lives. We're in the sit-up cabin instead of paying a few dollars extra to go in the sleeper cabin. The food was disgusting. There's a guy smoking bongs in the toilet that's covered in shit all over the walls and everywhere. And it was just absolutely disgusting. But was it the most memorable night of our trip? Absolutely. Anyway, guys, I'll see you back in the studio in a couple of weeks where we can get boozy on our fireball again. See you soon. Ciao. <laughs> well, I mean, that guy was just trying to do a good deed. Just trying to help me out. <laughs> That's why Australians have such horrible, horrible <laughs> reputations overseas. It's true. It is true. Um, bet, did they even tip him? Did they? She doesn't mention at the end that they tipped him for doing going that extra mile to help them. I mean, maybe he was just glad to see the back of them. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, probably because he, he knew like, they'd have to come back for it. He was like, "No tip, just get the fuck out of my country." <laughs> Oh shit! Hey, one more for you before we move on. Um, I got drunk on Grand Final Day about ten years ago, and as is tradition back then with my friends, as we'd take to the the street to have a kick of the footy at halftime, as most um, Grand Final parties do. I was paralytic drunk to the point that I thought I was invincible, and I was taking like flying high speckies and like landing full brunt on the asphalt, like really, really hard. And I thought everyone was loving it. I thought that like, my antics were just amusing the shit out of everyone. And I could see them reacting. So I just kept going and going and getting you know, more physical. But the problem was like, it wasn't until someone on the side, I just heard suggest that they call an ambulance. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm looking around, like, who, who the fuck is hurt? Not realizing that every specky I took, I came down on my head. 
it just kept getting back up. But then also, when I got inside and started to sober up and felt a bit of pain, I realized that I'd taken the entire padding off my hands because I was landing hands on the road and they were just a bloody pulp. So then once again, about a month of not having hands I could use and I had to work with my hands, you know, for a day job. How did you wipe your backside, Glenn? That was very tricky. It was very tricky. Uh, How'd you... I didn't even have the bidet then. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, there's a drug And do you have a backup bidet <laughs> should this bidet stop working? Is there a bidet repairman on call? Let's just should... say my hands were bandaged. My hands <laughs> were bandaged. Um, not that I used I guess them. that would have improved the stranger, though. <laughs> Let's just not explain that. If you know... <laughs> If you know what the stranger is, you know what the stranger is. If you don't, you're too young. You can't, you can't afford it. Google. You don't know what it is, you can't afford it. What's so, it, it says in Beer Fest? Yes. Uh, 50 cents for a ZJ? What's a ZJ? If you don't know, you can't afford it. So, four mates hit the road. Um, just to scatter the ashes of their best mate, destined uh, for a seaside township that he had hoped to retire to. Of course, I'm talking about Last Orders. That's the... Uh, that's the plot for the 2001 film. That is so wonderful. It's got an amazing cast. You've got I Bob, have not seen this. Bob Hoskins, Ray Winston, Tom Courtney, David Hemmings. They're the four guys on the road. And they're scattering the ashes of, of their best mate, who's played by Michael Caine. And oh. so the movie takes place... Pretty much the crux of the movie is the road trip. But as they tell the stories, it flashes back to different points in time. From one, when he was a very young man, to when he just before he died. So Michael Caine comes in and out quite a lot. I feel like Ray Winston is 10 years younger than everyone else. He is, because he's the son of one of them. Right. right. And and the thing is, they'd all get together for last orders at the pub every week. And that was their bond. Right. And so the last orders refers It's like not a cheat. Only... They feel like they're getting pissed, but they're only getting one drink <laughs> in before they close. It refers not only to the last orders of a pub, but the last request of this friend that had died and Helen Mirren plays his wife but so many secrets come to light in this road trip and it shocks each and every one of them in different ways and the way the stories interconnect in the past are really quite wonderful so I thought when I first saw it it's a complete sucker punch of a movie like it is a very funny movie the road trip is you know quite whimsical but there's a lot of devastation in it too um directed by Aussie Fred Skepsy who you've turned me on and turned me off at the same time (laughs) yeah it's funny, trust me, it's funny. Um, but yeah, Fred Skepsy, like what an awesome director he was. Like, So before he made this, he was most famous for his Aussie films were Evil Angels, Devil's Playground, uh, Chanted Jimmy Blacksmith. But then he went to Hollywood, made some doozies like um, IQ. Everyone loves IQ, surely. IQ's yep. brilliant. Mr. Baseball, Roxanne. Did... Also, both of those are also excellent. Yep. Six Degrees of Separation, which is... Not a... so excellent. Yeah, that's a weird one. That It's, it's highly regarded, to... but it's not... Yeah. You do get to see Will Smith's penis, though. You do. And after Last Orders, he made one called It Runs in the Family, which had the three generations of Douglases. So, yeah, Kurt Douglas. Oh, and, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and Michael That was before, is it before the younger one killed himself. Right? Yes, that's right. And I think the the mother is in there as or well. Or OD'd or whatever he did. Yeah, died. Died. <laughs> yeah, that's his Last Orders. Unfortunate, unfortunately died. Yes. Um. So, look, of all the Fred Skepsy movies out there, like, it's very hard for me to pinpoint my favourite, but I think this one hits me the hardest when I watch it. Like, it's a real sucker punch of a movie. But, yeah, don't have much more to add to it other than a lot of, a lot of people never heard of it. And it's... um. I remember when it came out, um, but I... I didn't want to watch it in the store. Yeah, no, no, no. You've got to really pay attention to, to it. I reckon you would get a big kick out of this one. Um, 
Yeah, right. And I, I like a good road trip movie when there's a good story to be told. Yeah. You know, when it's actually captivating, holds your attention the whole time. And the flashbacks are really good. And the guy that plays uh, Michael Caine as a young guy looks just like a young Michael Caine. What's the other one? It sounds a bit similar to without the alcohol part, funnily enough. Yeah. But uh, that Steve Carell, Larry Fishburne, Brian Cranston movie. Well, the, the, the Last Flag Flying? Last Flag Flying That's movies. the sequel to The Last Detail. The Jack Nicholson movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah, look that up. I had no idea. Yeah. So what, Steve Carell is supposed to be <laughs> Randy Quaid? I can't remember which one's which, but that is the that is a fact. So check that out uh, on your, yeah, on your right. downtime. And what, Brian Cranston is Jack Nicholson? Or it's the other way around? This is not a point of conversation on this particular show, so I didn't well, prep now. for it. <laughs> I think um, Keith and I had a good conversation about that one a while ago on the uh, first season. Anyway, Last Orders, check it out. Yeah, you won't regret it. Good Movie Monday is made possible with the support of people like Viewlorium. Viewlorium is a streaming platform for rare and obscure movies, and it's absolutely free. They also have a catalogue full of kids' flicks, classic movies, foreign cinema, and more. Visit Viewlorium.com today to see what it's all about. Alrighty, final, final block banter, Ben. Um, I haven't really scripted much for this particular end of the show because we've done our recommendations haven't had an interview so i'm just going to drop can't hardly wait out there i think that's a banger of a drinking movie yeah you know, i was disappointed with that one though do you remember do you remember the trailer for that had the watermelon being filled with vodka it's not in the movie you must have been devastated that's like the tire flying into the window <laughs> in twister <laughs> i remember seeing this trailer and the big joke in the trailer was hey we're gonna just drill a hole into a watermelon and pour as much alcohol into it as possible it's never in the movie except you see the 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 destroyed watermelon in the background in the background yeah yeah like there is a missing scene there yeah i don't i don't recall that at all oh there you go but there you go I've learned, <laughs> I've learned a couple of things on this on this podcast trent mcneely it's a, it's a great movie it's a great it's a it's a fantastic film oh, everyone in that like laura ambrose um seth green you had oh roddy was it freddie rodriguez before he hit six feet under well, Laura Ambrose was. Well, Laura, Laura yeah. Ambrose is um, Just from a... Six Feet Under, but yeah, it's like Jamie Presley. And who was the nerd? And, it's uh, uh, Charlie Cosmos, the guy, the little kid from Hook. He was the nerd that gets up and sings in front of the party. I don't even remember <laughs> that. Is is that the one? Is I always get it mixed up. Is that the one with Jerry O'Connell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the, <laughs> yeah. He comes back Trent from McNeely. college. <laughs> yeah, Jerry <Trent McNeely>, yeah, <laughs> is like. There was no way to tell you. It's not but, better in college. Yeah, Peter Feccinelli like idolizes him and finally yeah. gets to meet him, and like it's a real letdown. And yeah. the guy says, "Don't do what I did." Pretty much. Like, yeah, college <laughs> girls want smart guys. <laughs> and then, it like, did not go well. And really weird, Jenna Elfman sort of floats in as like a guardian angel type. <laughs> yeah, and she was like hot off Dharma and Greg. Yeah, yeah, totally. At the time, like totally. everyone, like. Uh, what's that? Who's the main the main girl? Is I can't remember. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, yeah. Like Jesus oh, Christ. Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry. Yeah. yeah. John Cho is in there. Yeah. Clea Duvall. Yep. Like it it's, is a, a, it's a, everyone in it has gone on to be. Who are the three? The three girls. <laughs> I think it's is it Jen, Jennifer Lyons, Jamie Presley, and Tamala. You're stretching now. I don't is know. It Tamala Jones. What's her name? She's uh, she's in Castle and stuff. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up now because I feel a bit racist because I can't remember her name. <laughs> um, it's okay, mate. It's the final stretch. We've got no plans here. Just take your time. 
Can't hardly wait. I, I can't hardly wait, mate. Dish it. Let's have a look. So there we go. Okay, there's Charlie Corsmo. Yeah, you're right. Lauren Ambrose, Peter Fascinelli, Seth Green, Michelle Brooker. She's not one of them. Uh, let's keep it going. Oh, Donald Faison. Everyone's mm-hmm. favorite. Tamala Jones. I was correct. Girlfriend number two, Jennifer Lyons, Jamie Presley. The three girlfriends. <laughs> Do you remember right. the get up that Seth Green Chris wore? Owen, that? Chris Owen. Chris Owen, who's the... Uh, <laughs> the Shermanator. The Shermanator. <laughs> Ah, uh, dang. All right, what about... um Who else pops up in this that went on to be famous? Nicole Bitterback. I remember her. Jason Siegel is the watermelon guy. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't know it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's just the guy in the He's theatrical the cut. Uh, <laughs> Brian, Brian Klugman, son of Jack. Selma Blair is girl Mike hits on number one. This oh, is Eric um, Balfour pops mate, up. This is this is the it's it's essentially a window to the nineties. That movie, bloody oath. <laughs> I think we need another movie night. Denine Boone. These these, is in it as these well. movie nights are piling up, mate. We still got to get through all of those Police Academy movies first. Yeah, yeah. Police Academy Marathon, <laughs> Last Detail, and uh, Last Flag Flying. Yeah, and then can't and Last wait. Orders, and then yeah, can't hardly wait. <laughs> can't about? hardly wait. Buying the cow. <laughs> we need to watch those. Uh, Oh, throw some Saving Silverman. Saving Sil- uh, Evil Woman. My God, what a fantastic film that is. Oh, particularly Ari um, Ermi. What's his name? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ali Ermi. Taking a shit in the garden? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about Another Round? That's a good boozy movie with um, Mads Mikkelsen, where you got the, oh, yeah, the, seen the four it. teachers that do an experiment where they just binge drink to see how it affects their teaching skills. It does um, not. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, Big Lebowski. I mean, the classic white Russian. It's a, it's a, it's a... Chloe yeah. would love that drink, being that it's milk. <laughs> milk and Kahlua. That's it. Um, you know, she actually talked about a great drinking movie, Project X. That was on our found footage episode. That's, I reckon, my That's favorite. a party movie, yeah. It's my favorite party movie. Yeah, but it's it's all boozed. It's boozed up, that movie. Yeah. And um, what was the other one? 21 and over. Fucking Miles Teller back in the early days. Yeah. Love it. Anyway, I could just keep reeling titles off, but no one wants to hear us ramble. How many have you got listed there? Have they written down? Uh, are these titles were, written down, or are these uh, off the top of your head? A couple were off Because when top. you said that this was unscripted, <laughs> were you being uh, genuine, or have you actually listed all of those A little films? bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Because <laughs> I don't have this list in front of me, so no, I you can't don't. contribute. Um, anyway, that's about it for the show, Ben. <laughs> you said, hey, talk about whatever you want, and then you just talked about what you wanted. Yeah, but what did you bring to the table? No, nothing. Exactly. <laughs> but I didn't. Have, it's not like I had the option. Oh, the opportunity was definitely there. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I would, have had to, I would have had to interrupt. You just said um, that I told you to bring whatever you wanted to the party. Yeah, you, before the show, not yeah. on the show. Did you, didn't you bring? Go, no, but what, that, did, what did you want to? That talk means about? you were well prepped and you just didn't deliver. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hey, that's about it for the show. Thank you to the crew for their drunken stories on uh, on the episode. And I enjoyed them thoroughly. Uh, don't forget to go to our website and you can find links to all of their their pages. Jarrett Gunn, Joe, Chad, James, Chloe and Malzi. Big holler to Guillermo from wherever the, the fuck he is in the world. Next week's show, Ben, Dinosaur Movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Be excited, mate. Be excited. You get to talk about Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend. <laughs> 
once again, who came up with this theme? Well, our special guest is Dewanda Wise from Jurassic Park oh, that's right. Dominion. And um, we're gonna that's be right. we're gonna be getting all Jurassic on your asses. I'm just gonna be talking no. Tammy and the T Rex. Yeah, I mean, how long can I talk about Tammy and the T Rex for? <laughs> as long as you want, my friend. Uh, hey, a massive thank you to everyone out there that has just jumped onto our TikTok because, dude, we hit two hundred thousand likes on one of our videos. I can't believe it. It was like within twenty four hours. What the fuck? Amazing. Amazing. And then in turn. About 400 additional followers, so I'm pretty stoked with that. So, a little bit of, see, all this TikToking pays off, mate. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> shocking. Absolutely shocking. Well, to those newbies, but, uh, I'll be impressed when when one of the one of the horrendous uh, TikToks of me singing something goes viral. Yeah, well, the, yeah, one went up last week. You are you 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 may have started to sing Roxanne before you realised the tape oh, recorder. Jesus, <laughs> still going. Uh, well, Jeebus. to those newbies, I hope you enjoy what we do. Please stick around. Now, there's lots more to come. We we do not slow down. Now, right now is the the point in the show where I was really, really excited to um to to play you a song from Road Trip to Beer Pong. Then um then Ben comes in swinging with other ideas, and and so Kokomo it is. <laughs> Can't talk about cocktail and not play Kokomo. Admittedly, it's a scorching song. This is like as big as they come. When this song came out, like. It was global. It was huge. Full House had a Beach Boys episode where John Stamos played with the Beach Boys doing Kokomo. That's the thing. Like, suddenly, Uncle Jesse became a Beach Boy. Like, yeah. he's in the music video playing bongos, I think. Like Even when they do the they did the 4th of July thing with, uh, which <laughs> I think I annoyed Jarrett thoroughly by watching <laughs> repeatedly at the office. He's, I think he loved it because he's a big fan <laughs> of Sugar Ray. It's the Sugar Ray... Lead singer Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, yep, yep. Mike Love, and John Stamos on drums at the Fourth of July. Uh, <laughs> like I think it was at, in front of the the White House or yeah, the right. Washington Monument or mm. one of those, you know, something something historical in Washington. And they 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 play they sing Beach Boys songs. Oh, mate! And it's it looks totally. I have to say, as much as I love it, <laughs> it looks like there's a there's some kind of a backing track there, because, <laughs> or it's so heavily. Because Mark McGrath does not sound like a, a living human. He sounds like he's auto-tuned to within an inch yeah. of his life. <laughs> These days, he doesn't want to fly. He just <clears throat> wants to die. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Um, There's a heartache <laughs> hanging on the corner of his four-post bed, though, Glenn. Uh, I, I, just before we wrap it, was this um, Beach Boys Sands, Brian Wilson? I kind of think Kokomo came out without him. I think that would have been, yeah, Mike Love's Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah. Because it it's definitely back to their more poppy yeah, so roots. There's no animals. It's no, not Kokomo's not, not animal, not pet sounds. <laughs> no. Animal sounds. Yeah, pet so, sounds. <laughs> so, yeah, Uncle Jesse is essentially the replacement. The replacement. Fill in. <laughs> anyway, here it is Kokomo from, uh, from Cocktail. So, yeah, have a good week, everyone. See you next week. And, um, yeah, I guess we're supposed to say drink responsibly. Sure. No. <laughs> let's, let's go against the grain. Fuck shit up. Fuck shit up. <laughs> Get drunk. Destroy shit. Anarchy. <laughs>
Coca-Cola.